Oosters out. It's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ooh, sorry. No, sorry. We're sorry, we're laughing. It's just that was bad timing. Sorry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the podcast, uh, season two. So, uh, Nick, the last time we were on, we had a, we had a jolly good chat before AGM and all the rest of it. Um, but now the fixtures are up live as. Uh, and all the rest of it. Is there anything particular from a Northumbria point of view you're looking forward to? Um, I don't know. As always, I look forward to all our games and all the different aspects. Obviously, you've got a team trying to obviously compete in a good division, and then all the way down to obviously probably the most rewarding thing that most people get to see is obviously the new players and seeing those guys come into the team probably just after Christmas and things like that. And that's always my favourite kind of year. I'm I'm taking control of some of the development guys this year, so watching those guys come through is always my uh, my personal highlight. And uh, of course, uh, you, your Kings are obviously not going to take the Steel Queens lightly this year. Moving up, we're playing the C team this year. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've got I've, I've seen your all your signings, Rambo. Like I've seen your signings. Also, I, I'm thinking you girls have got a. Uh, Little bit of vengeance in mind, so yeah, yeah. There's uh, there is there is a bit of vengeance, but enough enough talk about the uh, the north and uh, and all the rest of it. We should we should really focus on on the BIG as a whole, and uh, and to to help us do that, I'll get the fixtures up, and we'll uh, we'll go through go through the divisions like we always do, and yep. then we can uh, we can bring in uh, our little chat we had at the AGM with uh, Joe Govins and Andrew McKinnon. So. Uh, yeah, starting starting in the north one. Um, it's just quite a obviously the, the north has more checking teams in the south. So this is a five team division: Eagles, Metros, Mavericks, Bears, Typhoons. Who who are you liking out of that one? I think uh, on paper you can't overlook at this point, at this early stage. It's the two Scottish teams. That's that's where the power lies and. It's going to take something real special for many of the other teams, really, to break up that little power struggle. It's been, I know, uh, from when I first started, Edinburgh were always traditionally the powerhouse, and then St Andrews come along, and Edinburgh took a little bit of a dip. But I would say Edinburgh have certainly got their mojo back and uh, look like they're going to be another good, uh, good force. Did I see the other day they, uh, they played first game of the season, uh, playing the uh, uh, Murrayfield Racers Twenties, and obviously got a good result and. Um, Obviously, knowing uh, knowing Dibs and knowing that team, they'll be ready to go. But again, like it all depends. Like St Andrews, I wonder what I wonder what roster changes they're going to have this year because uh, they've certainly had that team together for quite a while and must be overdue a little bit of a shakeup. I certainly understand that they've they've re-signed obviously uh, uh, Chase McCarthy. Um, I think uh, Hen Marsh is still there, so the, you know they've still got some of the guys who've who've got the experience to. Uh, and and the uh, the skill, so I mean, and presumably they'll just they'll just complement that with even more skill from, uh, from generally across the pond. 
but there's a few good players in the Dundee area who might, you never know, might go to uni there and join up with them. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, I mean, starting starting up with the fixtures, I mean, the first first trip, the first game for St Andrews is a, it's a wee road trip to uh, Altrinum. What what can you what can you tell us about playing at Altrinum? Oh, it's uh, it's an interesting little trip down there. It's not such a bad rink, obviously it's an elite league rink. Um, but in the same way, Manchester Manchester play a good game in that rink in terms of they they maximise the. It's not the longest rink in the world, but it does have a, a wide nature to it, and um, they use that really well. But in the same way, if it's the same Manchester team that kind of obviously bombarded their way through Division Two last year, then. Uh, it could be really interesting. If it's not the same Manchester team, who knows? It's a tough start for both teams, I would say, because uh, I, would, I would probably throw out there that the Typhoons might take this game a little bit lightly. Could see that happening, but in the same way, um, they must have seen what the likes of uh, our boy from the Metros did in his All-Star and Nationals appearances and think if he's going to be there, told Vlad... He can, uh, Vlad the Impaler, he can do some damage. And of course, I think they were line mates at the, uh, at the International Where... All-Stars game. So, you know, that should be, that should be an opportunity for them to keep that up. Should be indeed. It'll be, uh, but then again, no disrespect to the other teams. Like, as we just said, Manchester there could have a good shout. You, again, Nottingham and Sheffield got such great, uh, bases for the club and, uh, the numbers of players that we're talking about here, now, nearly nigh on 300 players between the two clubs, probably give or take, not far off. And uh, those teams have good, strong junior development around there, and obviously two, four big universities, technically. Like, uh, interested to see what product they put on the ice. So I would, I'd love to see one of those two get it together and really challenge, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and if, um, speaking of speaking of uh, Nottingham and Sheffield, I mean, no, those two... Uh, Open up their uh, cup campaign against each other on the fourth of November, uh, half half seven face off, a nice nice face off time in uh, the National Ice Centre. So if you're in the area, that'd be a good one to go and uh, go and take in, I would think. Um, and then Nottingham, Nottingham are on the, the they've got a home and home with Edinburgh the following weekend. So you know, plenty to look forward to for for Nottingham. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I think. It's wide open because we, we don't know much about what the turnover of players is like, but I I would you know as much as I, I'm normally a little bit pro Edinburgh, let's let's be honest here. I, I can't look past the Typhoons um, every year now. They're consistently up up at the top, um, taking point taking points off everybody and uh, and being pretty dominant. And they, they've got a bit of a swagger about themselves, uh, which you know it, it's good to have some confidence. I think. Yeah, not too much though, not too much. No, no. <laughs> and then uh, looking at Division 1 South, now this is only a four-team division. Uh, South uh, only has eight um, checking teams this year, so, um, I mean, what... You get to see less Dave Rogers. Well, there's always that. Um, starts starts right off on the 27th of October, so it starts a, a week earlier than the North, actually. Um Oxford Blues uh, host the Cardiff Red Hawks in the first weekend. Um, yeah, season, season opener for the BYK, isn't it? It's about an hour and a half before uh, we have our first game. Yeah, in Sheffield, yeah, of course. And the uh, and the Dragons play the uh, the Cambridge Blues, which I think is about fifteen minutes after your first game starts. So <laughs> <laughs> just got into second place. Yeah. Um, 
So I mean, look at looking at that. I, I I think this. I mean, that could be telling for the whole season. That first weekend, as to how dominant um, Oxford, because Oxford to me are are the favourites every year at the moment because they've got great goaltending, um, as we know in Fabian, and uh, they've got a uh, you know normally a pretty good turnover of players. So they to me they're the favourites in that division, but. London, Cambridge, and as we always say, Cardiff are normally the sort of the the slippery team that people need to get by. Um, that's it's a short season. You've got to be on your game every game in this one. Yeah, there's no there's no do overs. It's no. Ooh, uh, obviously, we'll pick up points against some of the the weaker teams and just see what we can do against the better ones. Every game there is a big game, and as we saw last year, that was obviously the the top four down there, and. Uh, I think if you look, there were some really good games between third and fourth and even third and second, and that'll be a really interesting uh, division to watch. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and I think my, I will be firmly uh, keeping an eye on what happens in those first two games. Um, I'm actually down in London for NFL that weekend, so you never know. I might even try and take one of those two games in. Well, um, I'm going for a sneaky one. Like, I'm thinking maybe Cambridge, is, like Cambridge, if they're overdue a... Uh, an import or two that makes a difference. So, yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly. Um, so moving on from the south, because as I say, it's quite a, quite a short division, uh, quite a small division in the south. Um, but I mean, I think uh, it's going to be an exciting one nonetheless. So, let's looking at Division Two North now, going from a fourteen to a sixteen division here. This was an absolute nightmare to schedule because there were so many teams involved. And then I kept my. I was going almost cross-eyed because there's two Sheffield teams, um, but I mean, you guys kick off the season on the road to Sheffield Bear C, um, as you say, an hour and a half after really the the cup kicks off down uh, down in Oxford. Um, so I mean, I really uh, this this juncture, I don't know who to who to think might win this, but I'd imagine it'll be one of the, the A-teams, as it were. Is that normally how it goes, these things go? Yeah, I would say you're potentially looking at, I'm not entirely sure how our roster's going to shape up. I think we might be, uh, I think Jekyll and Hyde might be the way to describe our team this year, depending on which team turns out and which night, which players basically. Um, but Newcastle, again, you can never overlook them. Again, look good at Nationals, look good through the season, but always tend to find that one banana skin and have that one result that shouldn't happen, or like, how's that happened if you know what I mean? But then the other thing is, like, Sheffield B, like, they, I think last year, I think they did, obviously, to sustain two checking teams, Sheffield is a, is a credit in, in that division. But, um, Sheffield have got some players who can be, uh, sneaky good. Yeah. So, and then obviously Leeds, you can't discount those guys, the invaluable experience. Like, I'll tell you guys from last year, like, coming down from Division 1 and going into Division 2, you go from those tough games to some some games which potentially aren't as challenging, and it just frees you in terms of like you start having fun again. Mm, yeah, yeah, and certainly. Uh, I, I don't think you can ever look past Leeds. Um, what they've done as a club to get all the way up to Division One in the first place was pretty impressive. Um, albeit they're they're not there now, but um, there's every ch- chance they could find themselves back up there uh, at the end of this season. Uh, um, I mean, a wee, a wee sneaky, interesting game. The wee, uh, the season opening derby between the C, the Bears C and the Bears B. Uh, that'll be 
that'll be interesting on the uh, the on the Sunday night as well. So um, yeah, worth looking looking out for. Uh, I mean, for me in this division, and this take I take nothing away from anyone else. With the history that the Newcastle Wildcats have had, being one of the more original teams in the BIHA, it is pretty shocking they've not had a team in the in Division One for such a long time. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not going to elaborate too much on my thoughts on that, but um, but yeah, I it would be overdue, put it that way. Yeah, uh, it's not like I'm 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 picking them or whatever. I'm just saying that you know, I think you're right. I think they're a, they're they're a Reasonable bet if you know you're not going to get long odds on them on them winning the winning the division. So put it this way: if it was a horse race, they'd be a banker for an each way bet. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and they've also got that 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 kind of home ice advantage of, of playing on a Tuesday night, which means teams don't travel quite so well uh, to to the to the away games. So um, mm. moving on to the south now. Actually, I kind of find this division really intriguing, the Division 2 South. We've got um, Birmingham Lions, Coventry and Warwick Panthers, uh, Imperial, UCL, and it's only a four-team division. Now, UCL came down with, for want of a better expression, a thud last year. Um, I think they they all enjoy being in this division, but I really don't think there's any gimmies here because you've got two London teams, two teams basically from the Midlands, and um, you know they all play each other once, and it could go. It could really just come down to who's better on the road. Yeah, I, I would say that there's a, there's a big chance in that it's going to come down to on the night who can travel best, who can who can persuade and take that good team on the long road trip and turn over and get that unexpected away away point. Yeah, yeah, I, I to- totally agree with that. Um, the I mean. The Panthers, the way it's worked out for them, they've actually got to play all their home games before the turn of the year because um, just, well, the way things have worked out uh, with scheduling. So they they might find themselves, if they do well at home, at the top looking down, but, you know... Uh, and they always say, it's, uh, I'd, I'd certainly rather have the... I've been in, that, been in both sides of the situation. Being... The team chasing a team that's already got points on the board, and I've also been the team that's got the points on the board. And tell you something, it feels a lot better when you got the points on the board and you sat there. So they've got that opportunity. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm I'm thinking here we're either I, I I would I would give the 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 edge here to uh, Birmingham Lions just purely based on what we saw from five players um, at, at nationals. Um, so I think if that's what they could do with just five players, then uh, imagine they've got two lines that are of that caliber. <laughs> they might they might stand a chance to to uh, to to get themselves back into tier one. Indeed, indeed. Now, uh, Nick, just before we go on to non-chicken, we had a bit of a chat, um, bit of bit of a rabble actually with uh, with Joe Gubbins and uh, Andrew McKinnon. At the uh, at the after the AGM, um, we thought that might be the pod that we were we were putting out there, but um, Dave overruled us and decided that we should probably do a little bit more in depth analysis of the season with the fixtures out, and uh, we uh, we bowed to Dave's command because essentially he's in charge of what actually comes out on the speakers and in the podcast. So um, we'll just swing to that now. 
Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the BIHA podcast. We're uh, sitting here in Ice Sheffield. I'm with Nick Ivel as always. Hi Nick, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks Rambo. How are you? I'm very well. How's it feel to be a permanent guest on my podcast according to Andy Miller? Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I think now I'm uh, only a guest. I might miss a couple this year, I'm afraid. Oh, that would be unfortunate. How how the audiences would cry out um, not to hear your dulcet tones or words to that effect. Um, and uh, we're also joined here by the outgoing and incoming uh, players rep. So turning first to Andy McKinnon, uh, you served the BHA uh, well for the last year. Um, how, how does it feel uh, to be outgoing now? Yeah, it was good. It was a interesting year. I'm very pleased to be passing it on to Joe, who's thrilled. So yeah, it's been a good year. And uh, have you got any advice for Joe before he takes on the mantle of uh, Players Rep? Don't get dismayed when the stupid questions start coming in, because they will come in, and you'll read them and you'll think, no, clearly not. But you'll get them, and you just have to power through. It gets better. <laughs> and uh, So Joe, um, you're, you're coming in. What, what are you hoping to bring to the role this year? Uh, a bit of experience now of dealing with stupid questions through <laughs> running the Newcastle team for a few years um, and just getting stuck in really yeah and uh, so um, Joe you've uh, let's let's hear a bit about your hockey background uh, we, we normally ask everyone Andy's been on the pod previously so uh, let's hear let's hear your hockey story uh, started playing at uni as a beginner but uh, I've watched since I was a kid because I've got family that live out in Calgary so watched the Flames for years, stayed up till late at night, watched the games, got to uni finally, had the chance to play, uh, jumped straight in as a beginner, loved it, uh, I've been playing on the B team for three years now, into my first year at Newcastle, uh, and being treasurer and president, and now president again, so committee roles all the time. <laughs> So um, yeah, you uh, you've got joins the illustrious group of Newcastle uh, alumni on the committee. Does yeah, we've got a lot of Newcastle alumni on the committee. Very diverse our committee. We've got lots of Newcastle <laughs> Northern people. <laughs> I think is the is the way for. Um, and Joe, uh, you've got four teams for Newcastle this year. Uh, have you had an influx of players? Um, not really. We had a lot come through last year uh, that were sort of. Really, the C team really took off last year, uh, and it's brilliant, and they're all dead keen, and they want to carry on playing. Um, we're a bit touch and go on A team this year, but I think we'll be alright. Um, and then the rest of them just carried on through. Uh, had a few new guys come in, which is nice to see some new faces. Uh, and then our beginners program starts in a couple of weeks, so I'm sure we'll have loads coming through through that. So, uh, over under for your A team, uh, four wins? Four wins over nice and confident uh, Nick you're in the same division I'm going to put the cat amongst the pigeons here um, over under uh, six wins for the, the Kings under oh that's not very confident and uh, Manchester Metro's is it Metro Stars still or is it still it depends We'll go with Metro. Uh, Manchester Metro's, uh, you are, uh, you guys are also moving up. Um, so, uh, what are you thinking? Um, first place this year? <laughs> Not quite. I, we've lost quite a few players from last year. If we had last year's team, I, we could have gave a good shot. But obviously, travelling up to Scotland twice is tough. Having those guys come down. Hopefully, Mavericks and Bears haven't recruited strongly. If they have another weak year, that's our hope. That's where we're aiming. Middle of the pack would be nice. And then push on from there. Obviously, we still have the infamous Vlad, so we've got a chance of beating anyone, really, if Vlad decides to play. <laughs> um, that's our hope. Yeah, middle of the pack. 
Okay, I'm in, uh, and Nick, um, you, uh, you obviously sat, you sat through many an AGM, um, both sides of the table. Uh, how did that one compare to the, the previous AGMs? I think it was brief. I think is the word I would use. Uh, certainly a lot less time taken in general, and uh, we seem to get through questions and productively get through stuff, and not that many uh, silly, silly questions, but always the odd one. Especially the ownership of uh, going through a blatant rule and then admitting that you've just broken it is, is my favourite moment from quite a few years at the AGM. In which case, uh, if Bradford do have two hundred and fifty pounds, I will I'll collect any time. I'm pretty sure that was partly my fault as well. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, non-checking um, is uh, is on the up. Uh, Andy is the perennial non-checking player amongst us. Um, w- do you play yeah. on checking as well, Joe? I'm going for going for checking this year. Yeah, I've had a Trying to make the team, so we'll see how it goes. Well, okay. Well, uh, sorry. As 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 both non-checking, I'll, I'll come to you first, Andy. Uh, what what do you think about the the rise of non-checking in the, in the BIH? I think it's good. I'm not sure what it's like for other clubs, but the majority of our new players have never played before. I think we got 140 odd sign-ups. I think, and 10 maybe had ever played ice hockey before. So naturally the game that the non-checking game is always going to increase i think the level has there's a, there's a bigger gap now that between div 2 and div 3 and i think that's the problem i think div 1 and div 2 are closer to each other now but div 2 and div 3 are quite a way away so the people are struggling to make that jump so people like bears putting two teams into div 2 checking is fair cop to them because they're the ones trying to bridge that gap but naturally, the game is always going to revert back to the majority of your players. And for uni players, the majority of them are non-checking. I think that's fair from all of our experiences in here. Yeah, and yeah, yourself, what do you think about the uh, not non-checking ranks uh, inflation? Uh, same, really. Uh, Andrew was spot on there. Like the, We got roughly 300-odd sign-ups at Freshers' Fair last year and about 10 had ever played hockey. Um, but for us, it's really good. Like We love developing players from the ground up right, and bringing them through. We had about 80 people go through our beginners program last year, which is class, and around 40 have stuck on and are still around this year. So uh, it's really good for us. It's rewarding to see a team that come in as beginners and then really progress, and they're all keen as mustard. So Great, great. And uh, Nick, um, you share an ice rink with, uh, with Joe. Well, you don't share it with just, just Joe, but um, both using Whitley. Do you think... Uh, do you think uh, Whitley Bay um, is an advantage or a disadvantage for uh, beginners coming through? I would say it's a, it's a culture shock, more a culture so- shock when they go somewhere else. Like when you teach them on the w- bus on the way down to Sheffield, if you fall over here, you're going to slide. Like you're going to slide, you're going to slide, and you're going to slide. Whitley Bay, you fall down, you might as well fall down in the car park outside. That's about the same distance you're going to go. But I think building off what the guys there have just said, like you've got to look at the amount of people who come into this sport and play at university for the first time. On average, an average degree, you might get people for two to three years or something like that. To be able to develop someone to go from just standing up on the ice to play checking hockey in that two and a bit years is, is a is a tough ask. So you've got to look at if you can get a player up to that Division Three level by the time they graduate, that's some achievement. Never mind. If you can get them further, great. But as you know, everyone's a little bit different. But... I think it's great to see the amount of people who are coming through because at the end of the day, we are feeding basically the rec program for years to come and all these players have eventually started playing the sport and have to go and play somewhere else eventually and I think it's good for everyone else. I think just to build on what Nick said there, um, that's the thing is we shouldn't look at non-checking one as a 
as not a big step for some of these people. Uh, some of these guys that have never stepped on the ice before to get to that level is is brilliant. I think I can only remember one person from Metros who's gone from never played before to playing in our highest team, uh, and it's Jack Walker. And like that, and to be fair to Jack, he worked a lot on his skating in his own time, and that's what it takes is that little bit of extra dedication. And you don't expect that from everyone to get to Div One check-in, non-check-in, sorry, is a great achievement. So everyone should be proud of themselves getting there, and we should be pushing people to get there. Obviously, there's that bridge that we kind of need to get, find between check-in and, and non-check-in, but at the moment, we should be pleased that we're getting these people and just getting them to stick around. Yeah, I mean, Nick and I, we've, we've talked about this before on the podcast, and Nick's going to, I'm sure, nod his head along with this, but a lot of these people uh, <laughs> that um, that come in... Yeah, no, no, no radio show is it's great. Um, a lot of these people that come in, uh, they're, uh, they're the people that, uh, had come third, fourth year or, uh, are your presidents and your treasurers and stuff like that. And, uh, I think it's great that they've got a pathway. So, uh, I, I fully support what's, what's going on at the moment. Um, on that, um, we, uh, we're looking at divisions and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if any, if any have been on the website yet and had no, a look. No, not since we finished. Oh, well, that, that puts paid to the next question. Um, <laughs> but, um, obviously, uh, we're a bit thin on the, on the south side of, of checking at the moment, but, uh, who, who do you think will be your runaway victors, uh, based on who we've got at the moment? Oxford, Cambridge, London, and, uh, Cardiff? I think it always, you're looking at that Oxbridge slash Car, um, no, no offense, Cardiff, Oxford <laughs> slash London group, depending on what imports they've potentially got in this year or what students. Obviously, Oxford last year, we knew we were going to be strong and potentially if they've got a lot of returning players again, I wouldn't bet against them, especially if Fabian Sivner is, uh, is one of those guys. But, um, but after that, you never know. Out of those teams, it's very close. And like, and again, to be fair, greatest respect to Cardiff. They, they held their own last year. And if that is going to be a small division, Cardiff are the bogey team that we talked about and Cardiff will take points off the other teams and they'll probably end up deciding who wins. Yeah, um, and then in the north, uh, Manchester moving up, moving on up by the, the looks of things. Edinburgh, St Andrews uh, and uh, Nottingham and Sheffield. How could I forget? Um, who, who, you, who are you thinking um, maybe will have the chance to win that one? I think it's very similar down the south. You, it's very difficult to look past the two Scottish teams. Like In the same way you look at Oxford and Cambridge, you look at St Andrews and Edinburgh. Generally, they're full of Canadians, Scandinavians. If it's not one of those two, I'd be surprised. They'd have Sheffield and Nottingham would have to recruit really well and in numbers, considering where they were at last year compared to those guys. But you never know. Sheffield just always seem to play well, doesn't matter what division they're in. They never, they never really get hammered. Um, so they've always got a chance. Like I think, we're, like I said before, we're aiming in that middle of the pack. Let's beat Mavs, let's beat Bears, and see what we can get against them. Um, against uh, St Andrews and Edinburgh which thankfully as I've seen you've given St Andrews for our first game at home so <laughs> we'll, uh, it'll be a tough start but it'll be a bit of a reality check um, and we'll see where we go from there Okay, and uh, yourself, you're, um, you, you guys are in a, in the Division 2 check-in this year. Uh, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on who might win that um, for Newcastle and Northumbria? Uh, two Sheffield teams, uh, North, Nottingham B and Leeds. Uh, who, who do you think's, who do you think's got the ru- rubber the green there? Uh, I think it's very open. It always depends on the recruitment, doesn't it? Uh, A teams, especially around us, always have. A really high turner of over of players. You don't tend to get many guys coming in for the uh, opportunity to play at Whitley Bay on a mi- at midnight on a Tuesday. So yeah, um, I think it's really really open. Where and we'll just have to see how it pans out. 
And then finally, uh, the South again. We've got the, the two London teams in Imperial and UCL, um, as it stands, um, certainly. And uh, we've got your... Uh, oh, goodness, this is hard. I've forgotten the other two teams. Uh, what in the South? South Jackie and two? Oh, yeah, Coventry. Coventry. And did we talk about Kent? Kent are pos- the Kent are yeah, considering potentially. it. Potentially, there's there's one team I'm missing, which is going to really act. Birmingham, Birmingham. Uh, the heroes yeah, from last. How can how could we forget the Birmingham five plus one? <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, who who, who, do you, who do you think in there? I, I, you know, I I think Birmingham are sneaky favourites for that that division. What, what's your thoughts, Nick? I'm afraid I really can't look past my main man uh, Gus Simmon and the Imperial guys. Like they're always a solid solid outfit. But as you say, Birmingham, it's a sneaky, sneaky team if they can actually pull out a team rather than... <laughs> if they can end up with like 12 to 15 of guys of that caliber of those six, then easily. But you never know. And I think, again, the South's a bit of a down to recruitment. It could be anyone. You might get a... I think that Kent team will hold their own in there. They've been a strong team for the last couple of years. If they've got similar players, they'll uh, they'll pick up points. Of course, this is based on pure speculation oh, at the moment because we have, uh, we're have we not finalised the South yet. Um, but... Uh, I mean, my concern with Imperial is that I think they should sometimes be sponsored by the Heimlich manoeuvre because even when they're the best team, they seem to find to manage to way to choke at the end of the end of the table. Um, right, guys, to wrap up a pretty short pod and uh, I think probably a pod I've spoke the least amount on. Um, uh, just uh, what you're looking forward to the most this season and why? Hockey and why? Because it's fun. <laughs> um, well, that was Nick. Uh, Nick Nick's still Nick's still stinging from uh, Andy Miller, forgetting to mention that he's on the podcast. Your day, GM, uh, and uh, and it's Nick and Rambo's podcast, by the way. So Nick's name appears first for a reason. Um, the most important. He's the most important. Um, uh, Andy, what are you looking forward to the most? And uh, presumably the. The fact that you don't have to skate this year. Exactly, it's great. I don't have to play. I just have to go with our A team to Dundee or Fife on a Wednesday night. But no, on, on a serious note, I, I'm quite looking forward to seeing our guys back in Div 1. It's been three years, four years, three years, something like that. Um, well, three years probably since we were competitive at least. So being going up there and having a competitive team and playing against a higher standard of hockey. I, I know Joe and Nick are in here, but the games we played against you guys and the games you were the closest teams to us last year and we still kind of blew that away so ideally just some nice close hockey games and I'm not being on the bad end of a big score uh, and you and yourself Joe uh, obviously you're looking forward to serving the BIHA community as players right? but uh, anything else um, personally hopefully getting the chance to play Czech and hockey I think it'd be a good step up uh, in my fourth year to play some Czech and hockey uh, and as a club Seeing how the C team progresses, because uh, we everyone in the club was so impressed with them last year. They were outstanding uh, commitment and achievement. So hopefully taking that into a league. He's picking himself just... up here as the C team goalie, just so we, <laughs> just so all this praise. This I is the goalie. The <laughs> I am the weak point of the C team, definitely. I sort of stand there and hope it hits me. <laughs> and of course, uh, for as ever on the Nick and Ramble podcast, we, we are a fluid beast, and Nick is uh, is uh, thought of something extra to say. I am waiting for the exclusive podcast-only interview between Rambo and Batbo. Oh, no. Never again. Like, I've heard this is going to happen, and guys, it, it will happen. Oh. So, watch this space. 
maybe next time on the podcast we'll uh, we'll hear from Batbo. Um, I, I, I'll put the uh, the Batbo signal up in the sky and see if he responds. And um, seriously, guys, it's been a really good, uh, fun little chat. Um, and we've not taken up too much um, of my phone's memory or. <laughs> Or uh, Dave's time by the sounds of it, because I don't think you'll have a lot of edit- editing to do. Um, but thank you very much, guys, for, for your time. And uh, I wish you all the best in the season. Bye, folks. Bye. 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 Thanks. There we are, Nick. That was a good chat with uh, with Joe and, and Andrew. And I have to say, I think the, the players' rep role, I'm, I'm qu- the last few players' reps have all uh, done us proud. Um, and I, I don't think Joe will be any different. No, again, I think uh, he's someone who's a credit to the Wildcats organisation. I've known Joe for a couple of years, been on a couple of trips to Finland with him, and he's an incredibly nice guy. But you know what he is? He's an honest hockey guy in terms of, like, he really cares about, obviously, not only the Wildcats, but the development of the game in general. Uh, great. And, I mean, uh, Andy, at times we've, uh, we, we've we squabbled with him a little bit, but that was because he would challenge us on things that maybe... Um, we needed to to address, and uh, you know, I think he 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 left he left the place um, in a better place than when he found it, or something like that. If you know what I mean, he, he, I'm not saying that anyone left in a bad place, but you know, he, he came in and tried to push things forward, and I think we thank him for for his his help there, um, certainly. Uh, so anyway, we'll move on from that, and we'll move to Division One uh, North in the non-checking ranks. Um, now, you, you got a bit of involvement with your B team in this? I have indeed. I'm actually coaching this team as well this year, so I've got a little bit more than on the line than previous years. But um, but no, they've, uh, pre-season looks good, but in the same way, uh, I think they've got, like, to thanks Rambo, they've got a really tough opening to the season on, on, the road to, uh, on the road to Nottingham and then on the road to Manchester. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not an easy start. To the season, but uh, I'm, it's one that you know if you, you're going to have to it sometimes just uh, cope with these things. So hopefully they'll, from your point of view anyway, they'll do, they'll do all right. Um, not a bad time for their first game in Nottingham, though. I have to say half half four in the afternoon. I think you know you take that. Exactly. Uh, that's pretty nice. Um, but I would say the that division. I know we had success last year, and obviously made it like. Unfortunately, he didn't manage to win the playoff final or didn't manage to get out of the semi-finals at Nationals. But there's a lot for that team to prove. But I think it's good because there's a lot of other teams in there that are real competitive. Like, I would say Sheffield are always put out a good, a good non-checking outfit. Nottingham always skate really well. Manchester are always like, Manchester, like, where, how, how will they cope? Is there going to be any of the Div 2 roster players who perhaps aren't making that Div 1 step who might drop down? I don't know. It's It's one of those... It's one of the most flexible leagues, I would say, in terms of the turnover of players and the turnover of talent that could come in. You often see, you can get a team that has success in Division Four comes up and then wins Division Three. Like it's, it's, it's so uh, so changeable. And again, be exciting to be part of and see how that works out. Yeah, and I mean, from you mentioned Manchester, and I've mentioned we've mentioned them already on the pod, and the fact he's been on the pod. Uh, uh, having Andrew McKinnon uh, not play for them this year means that they'll have three forwards in every line that are willing to back check. Um, so you know that that's got to be an advantage for them as well. Um, but I mean, uh, if you were going to call this division, uh, Nick, uh, bias aside for Northumbria, who would you who would you be thinking 
are the favorite are the favorites to win this division? I would say, uh, you know what? I think um, Sheffield Sheffield are going to be there or thereabouts. I think like they'll be uh, they'll be in the mix. But in the same way, don't write off Leeds B coming up again. Looked like an impressive team last year. Came through Division uh, Division Four. I'm saying non-biased. You're looking at somewhere in between Sheffield and Leeds. Yeah, just remind me I've not to interview Nina Brown if they do win anything after her uh, her managing to just swear blatantly on the live stream last year. <laughs> um, so um, in the south, now, the south I have to say is normally quite strong in non-checking. Um, and this year, the uh, the South Division 1, they've got Birmingham Lions B, Cardiff Red Talks B, Kent Knights, London Dragons B, and, and Southampton Spitfires, who've not entered a check-in team this year. So that means that, you know, Southampton could be pretty strong, uh, given that they've not got a check-in team. Normally, it's a bit of a cakewalk for Kent in that division. Yeah, I'd say, unfortunately, sorry to the rest of the guys, but somewhere you're looking in between again. Dragons could put out a good show again. Big gap between Division One and Division Three, but it's it's Kent and Southampton. It's 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 there. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's got to be. And I mean, the season gets off started with a bang with Southampton Spitfires against Kent Knights on the tenth of November, in uh, from Gosport. Uh, and you know, you know what the thing is? I think the shame the shame is there. I think that game's too early. Not in the season. Uh, not like obviously date wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of that would have been nice to see as like match six and match eight or something like that, when both teams can have already kind of see that rivalry and see them building up against yeah. each other. And, and yeah, that. I mean, the, the one thing is they're going to have to be on their game because if it is going to be between those two, um, the second game is on the 24th of November. Um, and I know you could talk about how, how do we get schedules like this? Well, it is me that does the schedule, but sometimes it's just the way it works out. You can't physically do anything else to, to make the schedule work and then you can start moving things around and uh, and then it becomes even more of a shambles so uh, I, would, I would guess is it is it not true that you try and fix one problem and create three that's yeah basically it I mean at the end of the day that's the way the schedule is and if you're going to if you're going to win the division you've just got to cope with the schedule you get you don't get the Premier League fixtures out and go I've got Man United first I'm not going to win the Premiership you know what I mean or Premier League or whatever it's called now if I'm going to do analogies, I should probably learn what things are called. But uh, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I mean, looking at, it, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's between the Spitfires and the Kent Knights for that one. And having skated recently in uh, Gillingham, and just say it's one of the most interesting places I've ever uh, been on the ice. It's it's very bizarre. The two benches are opposite sides of the rink from each other, which isn't. Totally abnormal. It used to be like that in Murrayfield. That's, but, that's no good for a, a spirited conversation. No, and the, and the penalty box is sort of up in the stands. It's it's quite it's quite odd, but it's um it's a it's a nice wee ice pad, but it's just it's just a bit of a strange little setup. But uh, yeah, so that'll be an interesting one. I've heard uh, the only other place that's weirder than this is uh, Gosport. So there you go. Uh, two teams with the two strangest rinks in the south are going to be going head to head. Um, and from our opinion, we'll probably be the two that decide um, the uh, division. Uh, looking at Division 2 North, uh, now you guys are the only C team in that division. You've got two Newcastle opponents in the Newcastle Wildcats B and the Newcastle Wildcats Women. Hull Ice Hogs and Bradford Sabres. Now, 
Who you fancy? <laughs> who you fancy in that division? Uh, not us. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, guys, but not us. <laughs> I think. Uh, I mean, going past experience, I have no idea how Hull are still in Division Two non-checking. Uh, <laughs> you know, normally they're really solid in in uh, in non in non-checking, and all of a sudden they're. They find themselves in, in non-checking too, and they've not been able to get out of it, largely because of a great performance by Leeds but, um, last season. But I, I have to say, I, I can't really look past them. And I think if I was going to say anyone else, it could possibly... Well, well, he could put something together, I reckon. They could do. Now, the, the, the one thing with the two Newcastle teams being in the same division is, of course... No swapsies. Yeah, the women's team can't play in the B team. Now, that we might we'll come on to that. That could favour another Newcastle team, um, but they they can't play. So they're going to have to have set rosters for their bees and their women's team. So the bees won't be able to get maybe the the talent that they had last year, who also played for the women's team. Um, so that could be uh, could be somewhat interesting. I would quite like to see their game against each other actually, because I think that could be quite feisty. Um, you know, in-club rivalries can sometimes be... We, we've seen it with varsities, can sometimes be worse than, uh, than play, play, playing your local rival. Um, so, uh, there we go. Um, but, I mean, uh, you played a lot of these teams, or well, didn't play, but you were there for a lot of the teams that are in this division last year. What what was the sort of talent level like um, compared to the C team? Um. I think you've got to look at, we've had like a graduation process, so pretty much you, you could say you, but you'll know the majority of the roster players we got this year on the C team. My, uh, my main man, Mark Thompson, Ryan Job, Waitman, all those guys, obviously, maybe still haunt your dreams a little bit, but, um, uh, no, those guys, like, you know what it is? They, they've had their challenge, they, they did nationals, they did everyone proud, it's now about taking that into a whole year and, also, given what I've seen at the freshest sessions, like there's some guys in there that are going to come in and uh, play a part pretty soon. So, excellent. Well, that's, that's good to hear, and I'm sure the other teams. I know that Newcastle were tweeting about their taster session. There was um, one. Sorry, there was loads of them. Uh, the Newcastle taster session. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, I think that's one thing that it gives it gives me a smile. It doesn't matter what team tweets it. It doesn't matter if they're a team. That you're a rival of a team that potentially, you know, you'll face at nationals or in the in the cup, but it, it gives me a smile to see so many ta- like taster sessions going so well because at the end of the day, as we've said before, these are the people that end up like running about after the sort of elite teams, if you will, uh, at the top in the in the checking divisions. These are the these are the people. These are the fans that go and watch. The Warriors from, you know, in, in terms of Whitley Bay, they go and watch the Pirates in terms of Hull, or, you know. They, they just love hockey. Yeah, like, they just love hockey, and they, and they, and that's, that's why I love seeing that taster sessions are so, uh, well subscribed, and I'm, I'm sure it'll stand Newcastle in good stead, um, moving forward, because they've got, they've got a few teams involved, uh, in the Cup this year, so, uh, moving, Division 2 South, now this is a, this is a big division, this is six teams. It was almost seven at one point that um, another team entered, which changed that. So, um, Oxford, you've got Oxford Women's, Oxford Vikings, oh. Imperial Devils, Cambridge Women's, Southampton B, and UCLB. 
I'm I'm gonna just go out on the on the record and say if it's not the Vikings, then I will eat my hat. <laughs> Wait, uh, that this terrible Corona one I've got sitting next to me. I don't want to eat any of my NFL ones. They cost like too much money. Um, but yeah, I mean, I cannot see the Vikings like getting beat and not winning that division. Will they, will they concede a goal this year? I don't think they did last year. Um, I think there's more chance of them conceding the goal. I think there's. There is stronger opposition. I know that the, the Imperial Devils B have normally got a couple of couple of guys who can you know can really like snipe. Um, UCL Yeti's B are generally just you know hard working well, animals. And all, that, uh, all I'm going to say is, can you remember last year when we were talking about that one score in particular between uh, was it Southampton C and uh, the Vikes or something like that? Mm-hmm. Go have a conversation with the under thirteen Billingham Stars and then we'll we'll talk. Yeah, that's uh, that's a <laughs> that's a that was a shocking uh, result. Certainly, um, for those of you who don't know, there was a, a game sixty six nil this uh, this past weekend between two under thirteen teams, Manchester beating the the Billingham Stars at one hundred and fifty one shots to nil as well. Um, Here's one for you, Rambo. How many how many players did Manchester have? I don't know. Yes, go on then. Go on, give me a guess. Ten. Yeah, ten. No. Just ten players. Oh dear. Um, so they obviously had ten, ten of the best um, in their division. Uh, I don't know much about it, but I, I know that the Billingham Stars players, uh, uh, bless them for the age they are, have taken it pretty well. They've they've skated. They've been all mascots with the, the full Billingham Stars team since then. So uh, hopefully. It doesn't put any of them off, and they uh, they keep enjoying their hockey. And I would say, you know, if you come up against the hot Vikings team or whatever, just uh, just you know, keep keep playing your game and and enjoy it because at the end of the day, you only get so many years to play this game. So if you have a bad day, you got to remember a bad day on the ice is better than a good day in the office. And Nick and I both know that because we're both oh, working okay. in there. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Division Three North is a is a wee one. Um, Bradford Sabres B, Newcastle Wildcats C, Nottingham Mavericks D, and Sheffield Bears E. It's it's really good to actually see um, a couple of teams that were just in nationals last year join um, the cup. And I know this may be rich coming from from me, who's got a team that could possibly have done that this year. We just weren't ready and set up as a club to do that. But it's great to see Bradford Sabres B and Newcastle Wildcats C join. The Frey, of course, Sheffield Bears Ian, not a Mavericks D, both experienced ca- campaigners. And lovely at the moment, if you look at the table before any games are played, it goes B, C, D, E in terms of the... <laughs> uh, if, you like, um, if you like alphabets, that is. <laughs> but no, I think, touching on something you said there, from a Steel Queen's point of view, do you not look at that and say, OK, well, the, ne- the setup is now there for us next year, it's something to aim for, something like that? Is that... Is that potentially the target? Or? That's certainly the target, is to become a cup team at some point. Um, we've, we've set out our goals as a club earlier, and the main one is obviously increasing participation for females in Scotland, but uh, in particular the u- university females. But um, certainly now with the with the influx of players that we're getting in, um, uh, you know, players that played a little bit, players who've not played at all, players that maybe played a bit of ball hockey, but 
um, you know, are learning to skate. Um, I, I think the the uh, the infrastructure is there, and I would hope that maybe next season we'll be able to make that jump into the cup. And I'd encourage all, all teams to try and strive to do that because it gets you some competitive games. It gets you a wee bit of you know watching what's going on with the with the table and see the it, world. Uh, yeah, and you get to see the world. I mean, I'm not I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. Someone had done it for many years. Newcastle at midnight on a Tuesday is not awesome, but um. You know, it's just part of part of the university set up, and uh, it, ultimately you will enjoy it. So, um, hopefully, that's something we can strive towards. But looking at this this division here, I mean, based on what I saw in nationals, because that's all we could really base it on. I think that we could be looking at Sheffield Bears at E here, because um, they're normally pretty strong. I know they're they're an E team, and you know, there's suggestions here that. You know that this is an E-team league. That's not how it works. But I think they're uh, they're pretty they're, they're pretty strong normally right through Sheffield, and then of course by nationals they also have an F team. So I th- I think Sheffield Bears you here could be a sneaky a sneaky favourite for uh, for winning that division. I think they could, and I don't think I think it's wide open, but. You've got to be looking at Sheffield and Nottingham and that infrastructure infrastructure of all those players. Mm. I know, for instance, Nottingham have got an E-team that's not in the cup. So they've got a set of players who they've deemed perhaps not ready to play yet. So these people in the D-team, they are ready to play. So put it that way. Yeah, that's you know exactly, exactly it. And I mean, Newcastle C last year, I think, from what I... I might be totally wrong here, but... They had a pretty decent nucleus of players, um, and obviously those players are now, you know, a further year on in their development, and uh, you know they've got um, they've got our man Joe Gubbins in net for them, as far as I understand. So they could they could uh, they could do somebody a mischief, I think, especially for the teams. And this is where it will come in big time is uh, travelling. When you've got maybe a team of less experienced players travelling to the likes of Whitley Bay and things like that, um, it is a tough place to go. I don't think anybody can deny that. Watch um, out for uh, the divots. It's divots. It's like skating on a pond that's you know developed. Uh, I, I I actually can't think of a euphemism that works, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it's not it's not the best setup in the world. Um, moving on to the south now. This. Contains Birmingham Lions C, uh, Coventry and Warwick Panthers B, London Dragons C, Vikes B, or the Bikes as they now want to be called, UCL C, and the UEA Avalanche, who, now we were just talking about Steel Queens possibly with infrastructure, I am over the moon that the UEA Avalanche have joined the Cup, because they've been in or around... The, these competitions for years now, um, playing friendlies and stuff, and they've maybe not always got as many games as they'd like. And I think it's great that they've they've managed to get in a position where they can they can ice a team in the cup, and you know essentially just go and enjoy um, hockey. Organized hockey. Yeah, organized hockey. So they know that you know they're not having to try and run around trying to organize teams to come and play them. And uh, you know, they could actually be. I know they've they've not got uh, Mr. Boston from last year, but they they um 
they could actually be a real a real force in this this division. Sort of like what the, it could almost be what the Vikings were last year. There's a very strong chance that that would be the case. Um, that said, though, in this division, and that's why I said it, the South is normally a lot deeper in in non-checking. You've not only got them, but I mean, you've got the Warwick, Coventry, and Warwick Panthers B. So that's essentially Co- Coventry and Warwick's second team, who are you know they'll have their checking guys and then they'll have everybody else. So that could be a pretty decent outfit as well. London Dragons see well. We know that they're going to if if nothing else they're going to work their butts off. Um, Oxford Vikings B well they done pretty okay in the na- in nationals last year. The AAC, they're, uh, they're always full of fight, for want of a better expression. Um, <laughs> still flashbacks to that, that fateful Tier 5 uh, scrap. Royal Rumble in the jungle. Yeah. Um, and then La- Birmingham Lions, see, well, you know the Birmingham Lions are uh, um, is it, they're another team with a good bit of, sort of history and organisation behind them. And um, yes, yeah, so I, I don't think that division's a cakewalk for anyone, but I do think that UEA could either do what the Vikings done, or at the very least I think they'll be at the top end of that table in their first season. Yeah. Um, it, it often, and, and it's the rules, it, it takes a wee bit of time for the planets to align and everyone to get in the division they really should be in. Um, if you you know what I mean. But there's no other way to do it, because you can't just parachute teams into divisions or otherwise we'd end up with Bedlam, which is what we had ten years ago. So... Um, yeah, that takes us through all the divisions, Nick. That was uh, that was hard work, but um, exciting stuff uh, at the same time. Um, so, to summarise, uh, the cup starts in two weeks. Um, it opens with the uh, Oxford Blues against the Cardiff Red Hawks, starting at nine o'clock. Um, Sheffield Bears C will then face off at half past ten against the Northumbria Kings. And the um, I've forgotten what the other one is, uh, but there's another game on that night as well. Cardiff. Uh, L- L- no, it's London against yeah London against Cambridge. Cardiff are playing away to Oxford, so the yeah. check in South. Everybody will have played a game um, at this point in two weeks' time. So I honestly think we're we're in for a, another treat of a season. The season if, is upon us. Yeah, and if you if. If you're in a, the area of any games, most games are free to get in. I think a couple of teams charge a couple of quid, but what's a couple of quid to go and watch uh, some entertaining hockey? And normally, no matter what division you're watching, it's there's going to be something happen that you've either never seen before or something that's just generally entertaining. Um, and uh, Nick and I will tell you from, and I'm sure Nick will agree with this, from years of being at Nationals and and the last three or four years commentating on nationals, there is always something in each game that we can look back at and smile. There is indeed. I'll yeah. go with that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, thank you all for, for joining us, but I think we've taken up enough of your time. Yeah, um, I'd, just, uh, I'd just obviously like to thank yourself, Rambo, for the invite onto your podcast again. Oh, sorry. Before we go, let's address the elephant in the room. <laughs> um at the AGM, Andy Miller forgot to mention that Nick also is involved in the podcast. Now I've tried to I've tried to get Nick round to it, but um, you know, 
and, and make him realise how important he is to the podcast. But he is still a little bit upset. So Andy, if you're out there listening, you know, hashtag sorry Nick, I think is in order here. Uh, you know, a couple of pints maybe promised him uh, at Nationals, uh, perhaps as well, you know. Uh, but <laughs> Nick, you are, it's Nick and Ramble's podcast, it's not Ramble and Nick's podcast, and it, it would not be the same without you. Yeah, well, well, thanks, Rambo. I know, I know you care. I know you care. I certainly, I certainly do. Because the other thing is as well, Nick Babble wasn't available this week. Um, so, oh, all right. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, unfortunately, uh, uh, unfortunately, he wasn't available either. So, you know, we've got to keep you on side. <laughs> maybe next time. Yeah. Um. And anyway, uh, right. I, I better. Uh, I better head off, Nick, <laughs> and you better head off. Um, join us in a, maybe a couple of weeks' time. We'll be taking you through the Finland camp, which I think the details of which are online already, Nick. Uh, I, I hope so. If they're not, um, we know a guy who can sort that out. Yep, and the uh, the Finland details, I believe, are on bha.org.uk um, for Vera Mackey. Uh, Nick's the man to get in touch with. You can uh, get in touch with him in many ways. Uh Twitter, uh, Facebook, pigeon. Carrier Pigeon, um, Smoke Signals, whatever you like, and uh, Nick will keep you right. But uh, Vinamaki is a rewarding experience um, for all. I've he- only heard good things from all the people who have attended. So, it's an um, incredible adventure. Yeah, so please get in touch with them. This year, of course, you'll be sharing the camp. Well, not sharing the camp, but you'll be at the camp at the same time as the GBU Women's Programme, so you get a chance to maybe see what they're doing and what it takes to get to international level playing this sport so there's lots of reasons to go it's well worth the money so uh, get in touch with uh, Nick um, for that as well so anyway Nick I think we've as I say rabbled on too much I said that about five minutes ago so um, we'll call it a night um, and that's a good night from me and a good night from Nick thank you cheers folks <laughs> yeah